Hello, and welcome to Husband and Wife Time, a podcast celebrating Lifetime movies. I'm Matt Caproletti. And I'm Elizabeth Blickle. And today we're here to talk about the 2018 film, Killer Body. It's also known as The Wrong Patient. Liz, I'm pretty excited that we are stepping into a film that is not of the high school (laughs) set and, uh, you know, instead focuses on a famous plastic surgeon. It does. Should we dive right in? Let's do it. So we're in Seattle, and you know we're in Seattle, because there are a million establishing shots of the Space Needle. Now, we are not filming in Seattle. We clearly do not have that budget. But they want you to know we are in Seattle. I was a little disappointed that they never used the public library, the Remkul Haas, in any of their establishing shots. It felt like a missed opportunity. But I guess that the Space Needle is really the one that is in, like, the non-Seattle public mind. Yeah, and if Eddie Vedder throwing fish at Pike Place Market uh, next to a Starbucks, uh, that probably seems like a tricky thing to stage. Sure. So we're in Seattle at Plastic Perfect by Dr. J. I am not sure I would trust Plastic Perfect. Something about that title feels a little bit cutesy to me. I think I might go elsewhere for my plastic surgery needs, so I agree with you. Anyways, Dr. Katie Jones has a plastic surgery consult. Before I go any further, I want to know if the person who wrote this film was an Aqua fan. (laughs) Because Dr. Jones, pause right now and listen to Dr. Jones. Go to iTunes and listen to like the 30 second sample. It's a pretty repetitive song. So if you listen to the sample, you get the gist of it. Dr. Jones is a great song. You might recall them from their 1997 hit Barbie Girl, but <laughs> my lovely wife, Liz. Is... I recall them for that and their lesser hits. <laughs> yes. In my defense, that is listed as their fourth most popular song. So it's not fully a deep cut, but it's halfway there. <laughs> I think just the follow-up to Barbie Girl was a deep cut, but uh, I appreciate your thoroughness uh, in the realm of teen pop. I, I made Matt watch the video beforehand. Well, I made him watch the video without me. And I walked out of the room and I walked back in and he was like, what was the cannibalism angle <laughs> There are, there's cannibalism. Yeah, if, if, if you, you know, make it through all four minutes of that video. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? So anyways, we've gone on a huge tangent, and I've only introduced the name of the main character. So Dr. Katie Jones has a plastic surgery consult with her former classmate, Liz Oakley. Katie Jones is played by Sonny Mabry. And Liz Oakley is played by... Lindsay Maxwell. Okay. Um, Liz Oakley has undergone extensive plastic surgery, so Dr. Katie Jones doesn't recognize her. Also, we're going to talk about looks this time, because this is all about looks. So how I would describe these two characters is that Liz Oakley looks like the real-life person, and Dr. Jones looks like the made-for-TV movie person who fills in for her. It's very meta of you. They are both attractive. I'm not saying either of them is not attractive. They they just look similar to each other, with one of them being more attractive. 
Also, Sunny Mabry, the actress who plays Dr. Jones, she's very beautiful. She also has like little crow's feet and she actually has like lines in her forehead. I didn't realize you were allowed to have lines in your forehead anymore as an actress. <laughs> I thought they like, you showed up on a film set and if you had gotten by with without getting Botox, they like jam a syringe into your forehead and they're like, not in this town. <laughs> but, but I really liked it. I thought she she has like an elegant looking face and she hasn't had too many fillers or too much plastic surgery, which is interesting given that she's a plastic surgeon in the movie. But I think she's very pretty. So I just wanted to mention that, that she's embracing a more natural look. And now we've talked for 25 minutes about her name and her face. Anyways, so Dr. Jones walks into her office for her first appointment of the day. And Liz Oakley is sitting at her desk painting her nails while waiting for the doctor. She's got like a whole little Sephora makeup counter going. She's got nail polish. She's got a little perfume bottle set out. She is making herself at home. Mm -hmm. And my question would be, how long are you planning to stay here? We've started unpacking our toiletries on the desk. Might as well just bring your hair dryer while you're (laughs) you're at it. So Liz Oakley at some point reminds her like, oh, I was your former classmate. And Dr. Jones says, I didn't recognize you. You've had a lot of work done. She looks great. That's the gist of it. And then we cut to three weeks after surgery. Liz has a follow-up. I have to mention, I am going to be talking a little bit this episode about the sets, which is not my area. (laughs) (laughs) at all I focus more on plot and also fashion choices to establish a character if you have done something outside of those realms and I take notice of it you have gone astray my friend (laughs) so the fact that I noticed the set other than the basic noticing I do which is like Ew. Like, usually my reaction to all of the sets is like, oh, we're in a McMansion. Some, like, gigantic matchstick house. You know, drug dealer-inspired, tacky, scarface monstrosity. In this instance, I'm not commenting on the decor choices yet. My (laughs) first comment is about the fact that Dr. J does plastic surgery in a dental chair. That is a dentist's chair. Did you notice that? No, I I, I can't say that I did. To pretend that one doctor is doing surgery in a room alone with the patient in a semi-reclined chair is... Is that a leap? It's beyond a leap. (laughs) You attempted to make the leap and you fell into a deep, deep cavern. I I expected a little bit better. Is it really that hard to get like, even a massage table would have looked more realistic as a surgical bed. It was a dental chair. Which brings me to my real question. Is Dr. J, 
of Plastic Perfect by Dr. J. (laughs) Actually, a good doctor. We are led to believe she is a fancy, high-profile doctor. But her surgical room, her OR, is a joke. I don't remember seeing any support staff. So, like, an there's anesthesiologist, Wendy. a nurse. Oh, there's a Wendy receptionist. Wendy is a receptionist. Okay, she's yeah. not, if she's, like, doing an IV into a patient, we've got major issues. Wendy is versatile, but okay. She is, but I think you need actual training to be an anesthesiologist. Yes, you do. You don't just get to, like, <laughs> shove the needle in wherever you feel like and call it a day. I'll give you that. Is she a good... I thought plastic surgeons made a lot of money. She's on the cover of some magazine that's name I'm, whose name I'm forgetting. It was probably like Surgeons Monthly. <laughs> they never spend too long thinking about these things. Okay. So we've discussed absolutely none of the plot yet. Should we, should we get into the actual <laughs> plot? I think we should. I got completely distracted. But what I was saying was, three weeks after the surgery in the dental chair, Liz has a follow-up with dr j liz says that she wants her jawline and breasts operated on to look more like dr jones and dr jones naturally becomes very uncomfortable when liz strokes her jawline strokes dr jones's jawline then cups her breasts and says they're very firm (laughs) despite her having had two kids And then Liz starts to take her top off because she wants to show her doctor her breasts. And all the while, Dr. Jones is saying, don't, no, don't do this. they're not even in an exam room. No, no, she's in the office, which has glass doors. This woman is like laser focused on her need for plastic surgery. So Dr. Jones says, we're done. It's crossed a line and Liz leaves the office upset. And then we cut to a parking garage which we later learn is in San Francisco. And you know it's in San Francisco because they show a line of Victorian houses that they show in the establishing shots of Full House. (laughs) Nothing is subtle. This is a Lifetime movie. And a woman in black walks up to... Dr. Mary Wilson, who had, uh, should mention, she referred uh, Liz Oakley to Dr. Jones. And this woman in black... Uh, whom we can't see her face, uh, walks up to Dr. Wilson, sprays something in her face. Uh, Dr. Wilson then doubles over and collapses and dies. And at the wake, her husband says that uh, Liz is suing her for malpractice. Oh, I should mention, Dr. Jones and Dr. Wilson are friends. Um, Yes. uh, You should also mention that this is Dr. Mary Wilson, fictional character, not Mary Wilson... Uh, right. Famed uh, original, singer. Original member of the Supremes who passed away this week. Uh, R.I.P. Very, very important singer. Yes. We're shoehorning that in. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. We loved your work. Yeah. If you haven't, if you're not up on the Supremes catalog, please, you know, they knock the Beatles off the charts. So. We're, we're giving people... <laughs> <laughs> we're giving people a shout out to listen to the Supremes. <laughs> Also, you guys, there's this underground band. If you haven't heard of them, they're called the Rolling Stones. <laughs> you should check them out. They're pretty good. <laughs> All right. Aqua, I think we can safely yes, assume that right, people do right. not have any familiarity with their catalog. 
The Supremes, I think people know. Of course they know. Okay, anyways, (laughs) continuing on. Dr. Jones flies to San Francisco to attend her friend's uh, funeral. Um, And she speaks with uh, uh, Dr. Wilson's husband, Bruce, um, who uh, explains Liz Oakley was a patient of hers and is suing Dr. Wilson for malpractice. And in that moment, Dr. Jones realized Dr. Wilson would have never referred Liz to another doctor, uh, certainly not a friend. So, you know, we're left to conclude that Liz forged this referral um, just to become a patient of Dr. Jones. Mm-hmm. The next thing we see is uh, Jess, who's Katie's daughter. Um, she's a college senior uh, and she's a uh, high not, school senior, high school senior taking a, a campus tour. Should be mentioned that this is not the campus of Whittendale. Unfortunately. Yeah. Jess is part of this campus tour. Um, and uh, out of nowhere, we see Liz Oakley uh, <laughs> approaching her and saying, like, I always wanted a daughter of, of my own with blonde hair and hazel eyes just like you. And it's really creepy. And, you know, she even tells Jess, like, oh, I'm, you know, friend of your mom's. You can call me Aunt Liz. <laughs> and it's just thoroughly unnerving to, uh, to see this encounter. So then we go to Liz at a consult with another plastic surgeon, Dr. Robin Pratt, who is called by others an ambulance chaser. That's right. Liz at this consult uses Dr. Jones as her inspiration picture. Yeah. And she wants her jawline worked on, as she said, and she wants her breasts augmented. And Dr. Pratt says it will take a couple of surgeries to achieve, but that she's in good hands. So then we see Dr. Jones uh, meeting a a colleague named Gwen, um, whom she had attended uh, medical school with. And uh, she asks her uh, about about Liz. Um, We learn earlier in the film that Liz Oakley is a changed name. I I think her original name was like Elizabeth Krasinski. Karazinski, excuse me. Um, and uh, um, she's asking her friend, like, hey, remember Elizabeth Karazinski? And uh, Gwen says that uh, during the residency, uh, Liz had a mental breakdown um, and was carry- uh, carried out by security. And furthermore, during one of her many plastic surgeries, she actually lost her ovaries. You know, Gwen continues on to say that uh, uh, she thinks that Liz wants revenge on Dr. Jones as opposed to Dr. Jones's husband, Chris, who was their former teacher in residency, uh, we see occasional flashbacks to Liz then Elizabeth Karazinski being this kind of mousy, not confident uh, resident student, while uh, Chris, um, you know, his star pupil was Yes, Katie. okay. <laughs> I cannot be baited, killer body. <laughs> I've had multiple weeks of riding poor Bruce Boxleitner to death. (laughs) I cannot be baited. You tried it. You tried it by having a professor having a relationship with his student and saying in a very lechy way, how's my star pupil, before he kisses her. And us acting like that is not a problem. But you cannot bait me. I have had a... Full few weeks of riding my high horse. 
I am not going to do it. I will not be distracted from the frothy fun of a plastic surgery movie. So we are ignoring that fact, viewers. <laughs> I will not stray from the lighthearted episode I had planned. <laughs> I will not be distracted by this. Well, that shows considerable restraint, honey. So It does. What I am going to focus on, of course I have a rant in mind, but it's just not that. Dr. Jones's former classmate Gwen acts as though Liz suing a doctor who botched a plastic surgery leading to her ovaries being removed is extreme. I don't know that I agree that that's extreme. She acts like the person should not have lost their medical license. And I want to know, what is the appropriate punishment for someone who sterilizes a woman yeah. during a surgery that should not be anywhere. I mean, unless it was liposuction of the stomach, it shouldn't, you shouldn't be anywhere near the ovaries. <laughs> I don't even understand how we got closed. It's tough to speculate. It is. Well, because we're not told what, what the surgery was. And we're also not plastic surgeons. Yes. But I wouldn't want a doctor to remove a hangnail if I found out that in a previous surgery, <laughs> they had sterilized a woman i mean i i don't know i don't know that they need to lose their medical license being sued seems fine and probably they need more training because yeah. that seems like a pretty big error yeah. to me yeah no that's that, that, that's very true um it is kind of a not uh, a small side effect of one of Liz's yeah. many surgeries that this is, you know, the fate that she's left with. All the more reason why she uh, does that creepy um, approach of Katie's daughter, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, she's had to have uh, her ovaries removed. So in the next scene, Dr. Wilson's husband goes to Liz's house and says he's not going to settle that lawsuit. And then Liz sprays something in his face and he dies, gasping. And Liz may have failed out of medical school, but she should have pivoted to chemistry because throughout this film, she has these, these perfumes that yeah. she sprays in people's faces and kills everyone. I'd say it's novel for a Lifetime film because that we get up to a decent body count in this film. Oh, we do, and, yes. Uh, and the uh, perfume spray method of, uh, of, of murder is... Uh, shall we say, unique in the Lifetime universe. Yeah. So, bravo. It uh, does, it is in keeping, though, with poisoning being more of a woman's form of murder. Mm-hmm. That I think the statistics on that are ac- actually accurate, sure. that that is a way women kill. Usually, I think it's like poisoning in food, but, you know, this works too. It's a very nice looking <laughs> perfume bottle as well. It's one of those fancy old ones with the, yes. like, did it actually have the cloth ball where you like squish it? And it's oh, I'm not sure. Okay. I thought it might, but I could be wrong. So then we go to Chris, Dr. Jones's husband, meeting with a pharma salesman at a bar who says he wants him to be a rep. There's this whole subplot about Chris having had a seizure and his hand shaking so he can't perform surgeries anymore. It's boring. We're not getting into yeah. it, but he's looking for a new job. And he's at this bar and Liz comes up and tries to hit on Chris. She eventually announces who she is to him. And he like rebuffs her and rushes out of the bar. Yeah. 
Can I just say something about the farmer rep who yes. was trying to recruit Chris? Oh, he does a that actor does a great job. Sir, I believed you to be an oily, corny, oh, yeah. cheesy sales rep. Well done, sir. I mean, he says to Chris, You were a rock star with your knife and with a knife in your hand. Join the Pharma fam. Like, it's a perfect time to start bringing home some extra cheddar. He does actually say cheddar. He talks about buying his wife something that sparkles because, you know, ladies love shopping Mm -hmm. and diamonds and makeup. We're very focused on like trivial, shiny things, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that his wife is actually the star surgeon in the house. But Matt hit on something really funny, which is that this guy who I think is supposed to be a former classmate or colleague of Chris's and presumably a doctor he calls it a knife. I don't think I thought about that when it was happening, uh-huh. but a doctor would call that a scalpel. They wouldn't call it a knife. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if just like casual doctor talk, uh, you know, in, in like the doctor locker room, it's, uh, it's what, the, uh, what the, the tools of the trade are referred to. That guy does, does locker room talk. Oh, yeah. That, that character, by the way, I, either you are truly a jerk in real life or you are a great character actor mm-hmm. because he steals the scene. Yeah. I mean, he tramples all over Chris. Yeah. Chris is a fine, he's whatever, you know, is he's not, he's not Eric Roberts. He's not a Zima sister who we'll get into at some <laughs> yeah. point. He's no Jason Shane Scott, certainly. No. Oh dear. No. But he just got upstage so bad. I mean, it was, I actually felt bad for him because this guy perfectly captures all of the like stereotypes about a kind of sleazy salesman. The farmer bros. Yeah. Oh, he's a total farmer bro. So as a result of touching her daughter's face and hair, (laughs) touching her hair and breasts and hitting on her husband... Dr. Jones decides to get a restraining order against Liz. And then we cut to Liz waking up after surgery and Dr. Pratt, her ambulance chaser doctor, says surgeries can have varying results and she's trying to sort of soften the blow. Liz is like, give me the hand mirror, give me the mirror. And she sees that there's a small scar on her chin and she breaks the hand mirror on the chair, the arm of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, you know, that was, that was, that was a nice post-surgery freak out. Yes, it was. So all of a sudden, Dr. Jones's patients start canceling on her. And a state medical board investigator shows up at Dr. Jones's office. He says that he's investigating a sexual harassment claim uh, by a former patient. And of course, it's Liz, Wendy, uh, Dr. Jones's receptionist. Uh, shows the post of a video uh, in which uh, Liz makes her accusations against Dr. Jones, but without specifics. You know, obviously this is a blow to Dr. Jones's practice. Uh, as we said before, very successful uh, plastic surgeon. Uh, I remember <laughs> the name of the magazine that she was on the cover of. It was True Health. Um, you know, uh, everyone's favorite plastic surgery publication of Seattle. <laughs> then Dr. Jones uh, goes to see Dr. Pratt and she wants to know if Dr. Pratt operated on Liz, um, which of course she did. And Dr. Jones tries to kind of forge some sort of partnership between them, but uh, Dr. Pratt isn't having it. Uh, She says, you know, 
She's in, in the crosshairs and she's no stranger to lawsuits. But then she agrees to help and she does tell Dr. Jones that uh, she was the inspiration picture for Liz when Liz came to Dr. Pratt for a surgery. I should mention at some point, maybe during the restraining order, maybe when she's first meeting with the medical board investigator, there's a scene with Dr. Jones with her lawyer And it sounds like the lawyer is performing both halves of the legal dialogue. (laughs) First of all, it's just a deposition. They're sitting, there's no judge. They're just sitting in a room. And she objects to her own client. Oh, that's right. Yes. (laughs) It really is. Overrule. I object. Overrule. Overrule. Order in the court. Order in the court. It's like a one lawyer play. (laughs) Yes. I have consulted unofficially a lawyer and she said that you can tell your client like you can retract their statement essentially but that you wouldn't say overruled you would probably ask to withdraw their statement so i was right that that seemed a little weird to object to your own client that's true well good due diligence work honey yes i sometimes follow up i mean usually i won't do a cursory google search (laughs) to find out answers to any of my questions (laughs) It's an unexamined life I'm leading with regards to <laughs> Lifetime movies. But, but... There's a title for a memoir, an unexamined <laughs> Lifetime movie. Okay, anyways, so moving on. It was just a small point that, it, you know, it felt kind it's of like liar, liar. Hey, me. I mean, hey, if I can go on a rant about Pharma Bro, you're certainly entitled to... You didn't to... go on a rant. You said he was good. <laughs> so then Dr. Jones goes to meet with Dr. Pratt on a separate occasion. She's received a call from Dr. Pratt saying, come meet me in my office. She goes to Dr. Pratt's office. And while she's doing that, Liz elsewhere calls the cops and says there's been a break-in. Dr. Jones gets to Dr. Pratt's office, finds Dr. Pratt, who's unconscious. She's foaming at the mouth. And Dr. Jones starts CPR, but Dr. Pratt is dead. Dr. Jones sees the perfume bottle from the first scene. Ah, yes, the perfume bottle. (laughs) And she realizes that that's how Liz is killing people. She asks for the medical board investigator and says the perfume bottle is filled with methyl iodide, which can cause strokes and is hard to trace, and that they'll find her fingerprints on the bottle from that first consult when Liz told her to smell her perfume and handed her the bottle. And so having established the, uh, the method of, uh, of murder, Liz then shows up outside the police precinct and says that Dr. Jones killed Elizabeth Karazinski uh, <laughs> and she threatens her husband, Chris. Elizabeth Karazinski is very much alive. Oh, yes. It's people who encounter Elizabeth Karazinski who are dead. Yes, dead by stroke via perfume. <laughs> um, so, you know, she threatens the husband. Dr. Jones asks, like, Liz, why is she you know, so intent on hurting her? And uh, Liz says, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt you. I want to be you. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, she has this perfect life. Uh you wouldn't mind if I borrowed that for a while, would you? And, uh, you know, now she wants to watch her suffer. So uh, Dr. Jones, she understandably concerned, asks her husband to take their kids to a a vacation spot a couple hours away. I'm going to stop right here. This is a scene that takes place 
in their home. Dr. Jones has gone home to talk to her husband and tell him to take the kids away. I am using this as an opportunity to shoehorn in all of my opinions about this set. I can't keep them to myself. This dam will not hold. Here comes the flood. (laughs) Their house has a very Hilton Garden Inn vibe. It does not look like a place where humans live for more than a night or two. There is random abstract art on the walls, and I mean literal splashes of color. I am using literal correctly, like magenta or, uh, oh God, I think they had like chartreuse on one of them, all over a canvas. And the rest of the world they inhabit is so beige, I cannot even describe it other than to say, imagine the most boring place you've ever been. (laughs) And that's what the rest of it looks like. There is, it's just sterile and no personality. And then over the dining room table, there is this weird sculpture. And I am only going to describe it by saying, it looks like a gigantic tangled necklace. Then also on the sideboard in this room, there is a vase collection, just like 20 vases or not 20. It's like four, five, (laughs) four or five vases just sitting with nothing in them. They are not various sizes or heights, nor are they the same. They look as if no thought was put into how they would look next to each other or as a cluster They're not even clustered. They're spaced at just like random distances from each other on this shelf. Set designers, I get it. Your budget is probably $50 and a hug from the director. (laughs) But there are things that are cheap to free that can make a house look like an actual house. I will give you some ideas. Why is there never a stack of books They don't have to be recent ones. They can be ones that are in the public domain. Great Gatsby's now in the public domain. There you go. Use it for your next scene. A book anywhere on that shelf would have immediately made it seem more like a person lived there. Uh, Why are there never picture frames? Even if the picture is not of the actors, anything framed probably would make it seem a little more lived in. Why are there never candles? Never. Uh, Why is there not a drawing on the fridge from her young son? Why is there never a calendar of family events? All the families I know have a calendar somewhere with like school play, dentist. Oh, that's true. And she makes a big point about getting up at like 5 a.m. This woman would have a calendar for character development. We need the calendar. Um, Even a stack of paper on a desk would instantly make it feel a little bit more lived in. Also, (laughs) there must have been a special on decorative branches at whatever place the set designer went to because they are everywhere in this movie. (laughs) They are in Dr. Katie's home, her office, the hotel where they have the climactic fight scene. And in my opinion, feel free to disregard this, but in my opinion, Decorative branches are the blush of the design world. 
a little goes a long way. <laughs> and now we're done. We can rebuild the dam. I have expressed myself to my full, the full extent of my needs. We can continue on with the plot. Okay. Chris Jones uh, and, and the kids are fleeing to the vacation spot a couple hours away. We learn Dr. Jones hired a private investigator who deduced that Liz flew into San Francisco the very day that Dr. Mary Wilson died. And in turn, the medical board investigator says that Dr. Jones is going to be charged by the end of the week. So obviously this predicament that, uh, that Katie Jones is in here. Um, and uh, her husband says to her, uh, uses the phrase, cover your ass. And Dr. J realizes that Dr. Pratt mentioned this because of some of the crazies she gets uh, wanting surgery and realizes that Dr. Pratt must have filmed her patients. And then... She says cover your ass while like holding the edge of a Mona Lisa. She has like this gigantic framed Mona Lisa. Yeah, it's massive. It looks out of place in the office. And so I think the like disconnect of it in that office and her holding it while she was talking is kind of like with the words cover your ass kind of led to this conclusion right right that's important to know and so they find the footage the camera was hidden behind this mona lisa painting yes. and they have footage of liz spraying dr pratt and then dr pratt dying that's right which i think brings the body count to three yeah Mary Wilson, husband, her husband, and, and now, now this doctor. doctor. Yeah, these doctors, yeah, dropping like flies. Are we sure that the Seattle still has the most plastic surgeons in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> after Liz Oakley's reign of terror? <laughs> Good point. Well, there was a quote earlier that uh, Robin Pratt says, uh, "You know, this is the Emerald C- Emerald City." So again, like Cheddar as the word for cash, I don't think anyone really uses the expression Emerald City. I think that's like the windy city for Chicago. I lived in Chicago area for four years. Oh, you're saying that actually like anyone Seattle say the residents. windy city. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Do they call it, would, would a native Seattle person call it the Emerald City? I don't know. Uh, any listeners who are native Seattle, uh, Invite us to your house and yes. then tell us. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And recommend us to your plastic surgeon. I'm okay. I'm all good. I won't even get like n- medically necessary surgeries. Well, I'm, I'm okay just, on I'm plastic. just talking for, you know, some extra research. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gosh, I wasn't suggesting you that you and I both that I needed need... plastic surgery. Because no. I've got some in mind for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is Valentine's Day weekend, and that's how I celebrate <laughs> Our love is by telling you physically the things I would change about you. Yes, and that's just picture perfect. Okay, so Liz pretends to be Dr. Jones, and she goes to this hotel where Chris and the kids are staying, and she asks at the front desk for a key to Chris's room. She goes up to his hotel room. The lights are out, starts hooking up with him. I have a question about 
He doesn't notice that it's not his wife until Liz bites the side of his face really hard. Just out of curiosity, do you think you would notice if somebody else was kissing you, not me? I think I would, yes. Okay. It's... I think I would, too. <laughs> Even if he looked kind of similar to you. Like a Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Matt has been told once that he looks like Josh Hartnett. Once by two very, a very drunk couple <laughs> in a bar in Manasquan. Even though you can't see my face, for those of you listening that have met me before, you know I look Josh nothing Hartnett. like Josh Hartnett, though, you know... That would be an admirable thing to be compared to. Yeah, he, he's a good looking guy. You're good looking too. I just don't think you look good. I'm not, uh, I'm no, <laughs> nowhere near. But I think if your Josh Hartnett came into my hotel room on some murderous plot of revenge, I would probably notice a different difference in kisses. Also, yeah. just talking about perfume for a second, the two women wear different perfumes. True. So wouldn't he notice that she smells different? I mean, he should, yeah. Like, you know, if she's wearing methyl iodide, scent of stroke. (laughs) What would the perfume commercial for that be? (laughs) Like someone on a white bed with flowy curtains and then like just hanging collapsed over the edge of the bed. Fatal decadence. (laughs) Oh, anyways. (laughs) So he doesn't recognize that it's not his wife until Liz bites him really hard on the face. Then he turns on the light, starts to call the cops, and she sprays him. Then Dr. Jones comes in. They, of course, ask her for ID and not Liz before they give her a key because they're like, oh, we already gave you a key. Yes. Then Dr. Jones comes in. Liz pulls a gun on her. Liz says she's going to take... Dr. Jones's identity right. and her kids. Yep. I mean, there are problems with this. The first of all being that her kids are way too old. Yeah, one of to... them is going to be in college. The, the other one at least looks like he's in high school or middle school. But like the problem with trying to kidnap a 17-year-old is that they're going to be looking for the angles. You're going to get them to some like airline attendant and they're going to be like, help? This woman is kidnapping me. Yeah. And this is a kid who's already been approached by this woman. Yeah. So it's not like she's not going to know, like, yeah, this imposter. <laughs> she has to be approached by Liz. the She has to be approached by the woman for the for the kid to realize it's not her mom. <laughs> no, no, you're right. <laughs> the plastic pretty... surgery is okay, but yeah. like, they're not twins, yeah. you know? Despite the fact that uh, the, the way that she, uh, that Dr. Jones confronts Liz in that climactic oh, yeah. scene. Yeah. Okay. So... Liz has pulled the gun on her, says she's going to take her identity and kids. And then Dr. Jones, realizing that, like, she can't get the gun away from her, looks in the mirror and starts critiquing her face, her own face. Because Liz has gotten all of these plastic surgeries to look like Dr. Jones. And so by critiquing her own face, Dr. Jones is critiquing both their faces. She goes through all the things that are wrong with her but she always uses the term our. So she says, our hairline is disgusting. Our ears stick out too far. <laughs> yeah. Our overbite. Yep. Et cetera. She then says that they'll never be perfect. Yep. But Doc, you promised plastic perfect. Yeah. It's, you know, maybe somebody else should be on the cover of True Health. <laughs> and then Liz looks in the mirror and... Dr. Jones uses that distraction to try and wrestle away the gun. The gun goes off in the scuffle. 
And Liz gets shot, of course. And then Dr. Jones starts doing chest compressions on Chris and he wakes up. So he is able to survive the perfume spray. Okay. Generally, I don't comment on set design. I also generally don't give acting notes for two reasons. One, this is a Lifetime movie. It's not a Merchant Ivory film. And two, what do I know about acting? However, I'm going to make a rare exception because when Liz dies, she goes from fully alert. She's sitting in a corner. She's watching Dr. Katie resuscitate her husband. Liz is touching her face and mud her own face, not Dr. Jones's face. I want to be clear because she touches other people way too much in this movie. She's touching her own face and muttering to herself that she's perfect. She goes from upright, you know, talking, engaged, to slumped in the corner, dead, like that. It is that fast. The process reminded me of one of those wooden dolls where you push the underside (laughs) and all of the limbs of the animal just collapse into like a pile of bones. I think they're called push puppets. I'm not really sure what those are called, but it was like that. It was like a button had switched and she was just like animated and then dead. Well, with all those plastic surgeries, uh, you know, she, she might be part wooden animal. So I don't think they use wood, Matt. No, you're plastic right. is in the title. <laughs> you're right. This isn't Pinocchio. And then the movie wraps up with a blah scene where both of the parents are getting ready to go to surgery because the dad, I guess, got sprayed in the face with a toxin and then and now his hands don't shake anymore. And then overcame his handshake from a seizure. Yeah, I think. Now he's there. back to being a rock star with a knife in his hand. All right. So that's our film. Yes. I think um, we have trivia now. We Oh, do we have trivia? Matt has been sitting on this trivia for a week. He asked me a week ago if he was allowed to tell me the trivia in advance, and I said no. Okay. So uh, really, like, Sonny Mabry, I could go on for like 15 minutes. We can save some of her stuff, though, because we will, we will see Sonny Mabry again. I hope so. I think we do, right? She comes up in she others. Was, she was in other movies, yes. So... Um, first of all, she is, her husband is, uh, also, a, uh, is a, is a famous actor. Okay. Was he the character actor? Uh, he, sleazy? he was not, but, uh, her, she is married to, uh, do you want to guess? Um, Bruce Boxleitner. No, but his, uh, first and last name, um, start with the same letter. Uh, not as Bruce, but, uh, both his first and last name use the same letter. Oh, Okay. Cab Calloway. (laughs) (laughs) It is Ethan Embry. Oh, okay. I think we had seen that years ago. Yeah. Okay. She is a social media superstar. Really? Yeah. Do you remember Vine? Yes. So those six second videos. I I, have gone of it. I have gone into a supreme rabbit hole (laughs) of her Vine videos. So she was a Vine star. She was nominated for the Shorty Awards. Whoa! Um, I don't know if she won, but she should have. Like, like she has like a like a very had like a very well developed uh, Vine presence. Um, Okay. And the subjects ranged from you know I will love this. Uh, There were two um, Japanese celebrity owls. 
named Koo Owl and Vivi Owl. Okay. And she staged these videos where these owls would play characters in like like one like the owl is a drug dealer and then like the other like an owl is like a murderer with a bad case of seasonal allergies. Okay. So just very, very pleasant social media, uh, whimsical stuff. I think part of why that's surprising for people who are not familiar with Sunny Mabry, at least why it's surprising to me, is that I see the demo for Vine or Vine stars mm-hmm. as young. Right. And Sunny Mabry is not old, but I think she was probably on the wrong side of 30 when Vine was a Sure, thing. yeah. She's, she's in her mid-40s now. Yeah, so she would have been in her 30s, at least, when Vine was yeah. running. Exactly. Which is, that makes mm-hmm. her presence there surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, she's been in a number of somewhat notable movies. Um, okay. Uh, including The New Guy. I don't know if you remember that. I do. It's a, uh, it's a terrible movie. She was also in Snakes on a Plane. Okay, I've never seen that. Um Oh, and um, she is in the upcoming um, film version of that uh, famous book, Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, that's... I know that's about Ohio, but I haven't read it. So um, clearly she's you know got a good bit of work coming in. Okay. Um, you talked about music videos before. I did. The Aqua song, Dr. Jones, that uh, you made me watch the music video of replaced the music video of the song I watched last night in which Sonny Mabry is in the video. Okay. Which rap rock late 90s anthem do you think that she was in the music video for? Nookie. Yes. Oh my god, I got it. She is in the rap, the video for Limp Bizkit's Nookie. I thought when I saw that she was in it that she would be prominently featured Okay. But she she is, she is on a payphone <laughs> in the beginning of the music video. And I watched the entire like four plus okay. video, which was ugh, not uh, not four minutes well spent. You probably could have listened to it with the sound off. I probably sound could off have. If you want to do. Um, but, you know, good for her. Nothing dates you faster than a, a payphone. Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. So, Limp Biscuit, there's that. Um, yeah. And, um, she's on Cameo. Um. Okay. What's her rate? $30. Okay. Very reasonable. It. I saw that Steve Harvey is $750, so. Well, (laughs) Steve Harvey's a household name. Yeah. I, I question, does anyone listening to this know who Sunny Mabry is? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 30, 30 feels... It simultaneously feels reasonable and like a stretch to me. Okay. I, if I was Sunny Mabry, who again is very pretty and does good work, I probably would have set it at like 20. It's a revenue stream. I wouldn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, prevent someone from getting a video by pricing it too high. Sure. Okay. You've got a good point. Moving on. I will just volunteer a couple of factoids about Lindsay Maxwell, who plays okay. Liz Oakley. She played a minor part in the movie Paparazzi Princess, the Paris Hilton story. Okay. At first, I thought that she was playing Paris Hilton, but she was way further down in the yeah, credits. Yeah, I don't, I don't see her as a Paris Hilton yeah. ringer. We would have been stretching it a little bit yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, she was in Good Luck Chuck. 
What one was Good Luck Dodger? It was with Dane Cook. Um, That's why I've never heard of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and in Jingle All the Way too, she was listed as attractive employee. So that's trivia, our two principles. Well, I, I am not surprised I didn't recognize that she had been in Nookie. I can't say I ever sat through that music video, period. Yeah, yeah. Didn't like it when it came out. No. Like it less now. It has not aged well. And it wasn't good then. It was. <laughs> it's like airplane wine. It's bad when you open it. It gets worse every time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, I, I loved this uh, quote from the Wikipedia page of, of the song where it says, according to Stereo Gum, Aside from the infantile lyrics, the awful rapping, and the yelling, it's really not that bad of a song. <laughs> I, you know, I can't recommend Nookie, but I can recommend Dr. Jones by Aqua. Yes. Please listen to it, and then do not complain to me when it haunts you for the rest <laughs> yes. of your life. I, Matt was watching me sing along to the video, the part that I watched before I left the room, and I know all the words. Oh, yes. <laughs> It was quite the sight for those of you who have met Liz. Anyways. All right. That's good trivia. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at husbandandwifetime at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at husbandandwifetime. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Bye.